listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon. Larry, how we doing, man? Two days down and uh, it has flown by already. We're already at Wednesday. It's just flying by, my friend. It's just flying by. I was thinking about you today, Gordon. I was wondering, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was wondering just, just was it, was it math or was it English that you were teaching all around? You know what? Today, I don't want to jinx it because as soon as you say something went well, you know, the next day it's not going to. Today was actually a pretty painless day. Nice. Now it's only been what three, four weeks and we're starting to finally. <laughs> You know, it's just starting to finally, uh, yeah, it's starting to have all the pistons firing at the same time. But uh, the um, the call of duty was not calling my son too much during school time, so that was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. Uh, you can level with me. The snacks have improved over the three to four weeks, right? That's why you're getting more visibility, more attention with the with the, with the students in the class. What's that? Oh, you the snacks? No, I'm I'm. You know, it's it. My wife is the is good cop. Oh, and then okay. when daddy has to come in, it's bad wow. cop, right? So, you know, it's like if if you're not doing the work properly and mommy has to call me, I'm not the, the last resort. But when I come in, it's like King Kong Bundy. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's laying down the law. So uh, today didn't have to do anything. It was very light lifting day. Tomorrow, <laughs> what I have found is just because something happened one day does not uh-huh. mean that next day will be anything like it. The, I just can't envision, I can't envision you being the bad guy. You're such a nice I, guy, oh, oh, look, you have to, you know this, you have to, when you're a dad, it's not mm-hmm. even about what you say, you have to have the look. You have yeah, to be yeah. able to put on that look that le- that speaks more than words do. So sometimes I have to break out the look. Today was not one of those days. Tomorrow very well might be, you never know. Uh-huh. We have a Twitter poll question for you at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. It's a very simple question. I like to keep them simple, Gordon. Which Thank God. Coach- I need some simple questions. <laughs> when I find out how little I know about sixth grade math, I needed so many simple questions that I need. Gordon, Thank I'm trying God to tell Google. you, it's not the same sixth grade math. I, it's, it's I, I don't know what's same. going I will say to him, well, why don't you just do it this way? No, I have to do it this way. And he does like seven steps. It's easier. This. How is it easier doing seven steps? I did one step. <laughs> well, oh, remember, ba- back when we were headed to school, Gordon, it was, you know, people were doing long. Remember doing long division right. back in the day? And then they said, no, 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 no. Here, short division. Boom, boom, boom. Two, two three steps. Done. Now, now they've gone back to because they want to take them through the format. You know, there's 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 a the way to do it. The process yeah. is important. Yeah. That's what we need you to do. So this way you can understand how you got to this. Give them the short version. Let's go. Because they go, go, they go use the calculator anyway. <laughs> Look, I'll tell you right now. If I didn't have Google, I don't know what I'd do right now. I've been asking Google so many questions to solve uh, sixth grade math. You make your head spin. I hear you, but we've got an easy one for the fans tonight. Which Colts will have the tougher job this season? Will it be Joe Judge or will it be Adam Gase? At Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, at Gordon Damer. Now, Gordon, both of them have got, both of them have an interesting scenario this year. And obviously, as we've kind of talked about, you've mentioned this week, you feel bad for Joe Judge because if if the season, if the NFL clock not not necessarily the season but if the clock 
your OTAs, your rookie minicamp, your mandatory minicamp, if they are unable to go, him as a new coach, he loses really two camps because when you're a new head coach, you get an extra camp. So he's really he's really going to be battling upstream. Yeah, I, I mean, when you just think about it, and let's just for the sake of our argument, let's just assume the NFL season takes place, right? Let's not go to that place and all the caveats are out there. We all know the state of the world right now. But let's just say that in some way, shape, or form, the NFL season, maybe not a full 17 weeks, maybe not a full 16 games, but some form of an NFL season takes place at some point in this year. It's very hard to envision how Joe jo- I don't even know if any coach in the NFL has ever had the obstacles that Joe Judge will be facing. He's not only the first, you know, in his first season with the Giants, he's never been a head coach before. He's mm-hmm. never been a head coach in the NFL. He has to have a whole new staff. The players have to learn a whole new scheme. He's coming into a situation, let's, let's be honest, you know, they have the fourth pick in the draft for a reason. They're not a very good team. And to think that you're going to lose OTAs, you very well might lose training camp for a good portion, if not all of it. The season might be pushed back. It's not even like he can go to somebody that has gone through it before. I don't know if there's ever been a coach who has gone through a similar situation to what Joe Judge is facing this year. It's a very difficult situation. Not to mention, Gordon, he's from that coaching tree that has not had a lot of success. No, not at all. And... It's not like he's he was able to bring you know a whole lot of that with him to the Giants. So it's it's not like you know just going through his coaching staff. It's kind of a, an unknown situation for everybody. But I feel like for him as a first time head coach with a team that's very it's not very. I mean, over the last couple of years they've been the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, that's a that is a tough challenge ahead now. It's not like the other guy in the poll question is uh, is hit the ground. He's almost like me figuring out sixth grade math. He's not exactly hit the ground running either. But I think that if I was to answer the poll question, I think that the the one that I that has the tougher job this year, if there is a year, is Joe Judge. Now, Gordon, you're the perfect person to ask about this. Adam Gase, when he was in Miami. Now, full disclosure, when when I heard that the Jets were even considering him, all right. Uh, for the job, the first thing I said was, listen, and this is kind of my motto anywhere, Gordon. I said, listen, the Jets already know how to lose. You don't need a head coach who's, who, who's got a losing record in your division and he's got a losing record, including having beaten you a couple of times and he still has a losing record. So can you find me somebody with a winning record? Well, no, he's, he, he understands the division. He's a, come on, say it all together quarterback whisperer yeah adam gaze quarterback whisperer gordon give me give me a as a miami dolphin fan and he was there for a couple of years had some Mm. success uh you know did a couple of trick plays beat new england always played new england tough especially in miami what what's the story with this guy you know it was very hard when he got hired by the jets i did not think it was the worst move in the world uh and it, it seemed like for most people that's the way they reacted to it was that it was the worst move in the history of moves by the Jets. 
it was very hard to separate Adam Gase from the dysfunction of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we, we talked about it, I think it was last night or the night before. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jets and the Dolphins, outside of the uniforms and the names on the front and the back, you know, they're pretty similar organizations. They're pretty dysfunctional organizations. So when Gase came on board in Miami and won 10 games in that first year, you thought, all right, maybe this guy does know what he's doing. But the more power that he got within the organization, mm. the worse things looked. And when he came in from day one with the Jets and was able to push Mike McCagden out the door, it seemed pretty clear that he was the guy running the show. So I, I didn't think it was the worst move at the at the time. It's certainly looking like it's probably the worst move they could have made in, in hindsight because so far, I mean, it's only one year. A lot of Jets head coaches have success in that first year and none at all, so maybe he'll be the reverse of that. But I would not have a great feeling about and I don't think anybody does have a lot of confidence that he is going to be able to turn this thing around, considering, again, he's taken over a really bad team without a whole lot of talent. Now, they have some top-flight talent. You know, they got talent at safety. You hope you have talent at quarterback. You signed a running back who the coach didn't want. But it's not, they have a lot of work to do, too. And I don't think that they could, if there is a season this year, I don't see how they're going to fill even half the holes that they have on that team. Gordon, the amazing thing to me was with Gase was that not that he couldn't find a role in the offense for Le'Veon Bell, but he wouldn't find a role in the offense for Le'Veon Bell. And for me, that's kind of weird because you as a coach, you are as successful as your team's record, A, and B, your job is to put your players in the best position so they can be successful, and that in turn helps you be successful. And he just gave no indication. I mean, there was one quote he made during the year of, I'm going to go back and look at video of how they used him in Pittsburgh. Are you kidding me? He's not a running back whisperer, Larry. Come on. <laughs> There's a reason why they don't use that title. Well, I, I said the one thing that I did say when Gase got hired by the Jets was that the one thing you didn't want him to do, he had two real uh, issues to me in Miami. A, one thing, was one, one thing it was never his fault. It was always mm-hmm. some yeah. players were very quick in the doghouse, very quick out of the doghouse. I mean, that first year, the reason why they had success was because Jay Ajayi, who didn't even get a chance to, to play in the first game that season because he was in the doghouse, all of a sudden he got a chance to play and he was running for 200 yards every week and that's why they won 10 games and that's why they were able to get to the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was you didn't really want him to have any say in terms of personnel. Uh, the person After that first year, he brought in a lot of guys that he had success with other places and it was a complete disaster. Uh, each move, Julius Thomas, the tight end, he brought in Jay Cutler when, uh, when the Tannehill got hurt. Every single move that he had, you know, a, a tie to, it always turned out to be a disaster. And, you know, while Joe Douglas is the GM and he's apparently going to be the guy running the draft, it's kind of hard to believe that, you know, it's not Adam Gase's organization. So those two things have already, I think, kind of showed you and already kind of reared their head with the Jets, and I don't, I don't know necessarily that that's going to change overnight. It seems like he's more emboldened now, Gase, in terms of his standing within the organization. Well, there's no question. I mean, if, if the if the owner of the team makes it your team, which is use, it's just very unusual, Gordon, at that the head coach would have that. I mean, he's not exactly Bill Belichick, right? I mean, you know, no. so it's very unusual that he would have that power coming in right away. Now, I understand that you want to. 
you know, empower your head coach. I understand you want to get his views. He's had some success in the division, as you mentioned, had a 10 win season, has had success against New England. So, and you like what he's done. He's shown you some things, but to give him that power that quickly, Gordon was a little unusual. I mean, Joe Judge wishes he had that kind of power his first time around. Well, I mean, to me, the biggest issue is, is that nothing is ever his fault. I mean, even when, when Mike McCagnin, it was, it was clear, right? Like who got mm-hmm. Mike? And I, and, and I don't think anybody was complaining that Mike McCagnin lost his job. I think they complained about the timing of it, right? If you're going to clear house, you should have cleared house when you got rid of the head coach. But nobody yeah. was saying that, you know, Mike McCagnin's done such an amazing job. He doesn't deserve to lose his, lose his job. But it just seems like with everything that Adam Gase, it's never his fault. I don't know about that. I mean, how many times do you hear in press yeah. conferences at, at you know points of the season? Well, I haven't talked to him. I haven't seen him yet. And it's like the most obvious issue going on. How is it possible you could not have talked to him? You've gotten you're the head coach. You're running the show. And, and to me, that the, that's the biggest issue. And until that gets solved, you know, it, it's all well and good to be a good play caller. I didn't even see evidence of that. But let's say he is an amazing play caller when he has talent. That's all going to be meaningless if you can't get guys on board with what your vision is. And when you throw guys in the doghouse as quickly as he does and then does not take any blame for any of his shortcomings, he's a really hard guy to kind of get behind. Which Colts will have the tougher job this season? That's our Twitter poll question. You can weigh in on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM at Gordon Damer, or you can weigh in via phone 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls on this subject. Plus, Geno Smith has comments. Oh, you're listening to the ESPN New York tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Good uh, evening, my two friends. I want to both, uh, glad I got on, I want to wish you both a happy Easter under some strange circumstances, but I do feel things are starting to move in the right direction. So good health and peace to your families and to everybody. Now, for the sports stuff, since it's 1030, the Giants and Jets will win 12 games between the two teams. (laughs) That's the way I see it. Honest to God, guys, I don't see any. I don't. I that's actually pretty optimistic. (laughs) I was well, that's twenty percent more than they won last year. But listen, listen, I, 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 Sam Donald played in spots last year. I didn't think he was very impressive at times. I thought Daniel Jones had three or four really good games. The rosters on all the teams in this town, except the Yankees, look like they're in the same spot as last year. But I'm going to be optimistic because I'm feeling good and I'm talking to my friends here. Maybe if they both get lucky in the draft, and the Jets got to pick two receivers in the first three picks. I think they have three picks in the first round. And the Giants uh, have to get some defenders because they look offensively, even though I don't like that tight end. That Evan Ingram guy looked like he sprayed WD-40 on his hands. He didn't look like he was really good at catching the ball. So that's the way I see it, boys. I really do. It's been great hearing you this week. I won't be available next couple of days, so I wanted to make sure I got my well wishes in. You guys have been great all year long. And it's very interesting to hear you two of you together. So I don't know if it's staying that way when things clear up, but either way, I'll be in touch with both of you. So enjoy your families and stay safe. All right, Spike. Spike. Thanks, man. Thanks, you, Spike, and, and enjoy the holiday. Thanks very much. Listen, Gordon, I tell you, um, the Giants would take that. <laughs> I think both these would take it if and, – and when we say that, obviously the numbers are not great, 
But once again, you have to look at your schedule, who you play, how you fared. If you have a losing season, but you're in every game, Gordon, at least you can take something from that. It just means that, okay, we're, we need more players. If it's a total or you could have had injuries, I mean, you know, we, we have to really see how the season's going to go. But, you know, when you say that from a talent standpoint, it really depends on how you look at things. And, and that's going to be an interesting situation for both these teams. Yeah, I, I, look, for Judge, I think it's kind of a, a bland, it might actually kind of work to his favor in terms of expectations, what it looks like the year could or could not be in terms of, you know, the, the schedule being impacted and everything else. Uh, it's going to take time for either. The problem is, is that I think that a lot of the goodwill, if there was any goodwill for Adam Gase, was kind of used up in year one. Like mm-hmm. when you get out to the start that they did and the season was over basically before it began. And then you win some games at the end of the season, whether or not those are important games or not. What that signifies to some of the fan base is, all right, well, you know, you, you were able to win some games at the end of the season. We expect that to kind of carry over into the, now we should know if you've followed the NFL for any length of time, it generally doesn't happen that way. Yeah. But I think that the, the, the expectations of the fan base based on the fact he was not a very popular hire to begin with. And then the first season was so bad. I don't know how much uh, patience people will have. I think people will be patient because we'll be happy to have sports back. But mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, when the rubber really hits the road and we get going again with games, I think that uh, the the patience on uh, Adam Gase, if it were to get off to a bad start with the Jets in year two, like anything near what it was like um, in year one, uh, I don't think that the people are going to be very patient with him at all. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Marvin is next on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Marvin. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. Hey, you guys. First of all, I want to wish you guys a happy holiday. Hey, Adam, the, cl- the clear losing this is Adam Gates. I saw him in an interview, and I said, you know what? I referred back. When I was a kid, I read Instant Replay about the Packers and Vince Lombardi. I'm a big Lombardi fan. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that I always remember reading about Lombardi, as great a coach as he was with X's and O's and stuff like that, he had a feel for his players as human beings. This guy is removed from his place. That's the feeling I get. And eventually that will be his downfall. I can't say that I disagree with you. And I wanna say I wanna say something else before I hang up, guys. Look, I work for the MTA, I lost one guy in my in my job and a couple of coworkers. I'm not worried about sports. I spent eleven months in combat in Iraq. Forget this sports nonsense. There are people dying in this country, and people worry about it. I understand the capitalism and the money, but, but there are people losing their lives. I'm not even thinking about sports. I'm thinking about the day this thing ends and people can go back to their normal lives. Yeah, I, I, no, I, no, I think, Marvin, I think we're trying, you know, look, we all know that the situation is what the situation is, and I think that every conversation that we have on this show kind of prefaces that, even if it's not spoken specifically. Sports is not necessarily the first, second, or third thing in our minds right now, but we need that distraction to kind of talk about sports and have, you know, the 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 forward thought about when sports do come back and we can get back to our lives as normal. Because part of our lives, in a normal sense, is talking about sports and watching sports and being invested in it. Yeah, and, and Marvin, thanks for the phone call and and you know our condolences on yes. losing your colleagues and it, it's a tough situation and there's so many people and families. You know, I think both governors, um, Cuomo and the governor of uh, of Jersey, Phil Murphy. Were, Phil Murphy, thank you, was talking about it. You know, these these are p- faces of people's lives and families and mothers and fathers. So we we understand that. 
Uh, this is a unique situation, Gordon. It's a unique situation because sports has always been that distraction to help you. Not that it takes you totally away from what's going on with it. No, of course not. But it's been able to, for a couple of minutes, allow you to take a breath. And, okay, let me take a breath for a minute. All right, let me get back into it. But now you could say that sports is almost, Gordon, the reason why we're here. It was this total shutdown based on, you know, Rudy Gobert is going to, you know, it's, 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 it's a shame to say so, Gordon, but Rudy Gobert is going to be the face of how sports reacted to this, to this COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I think for a large part, and, and hopefully that is the case. Because hopefully that means that no other, hopefully that means that we can get to some sort of solution, some sort of cure, some sort of vaccine in this situation relatively soon so that not other, no other life can be lost so that no other sports athlete can be impacted by it. Because as it goes on, you know, the, the numbers just keep climbing up and yeah. up and up and everybody's lives are, are impacted by it and everybody's families are being impacted by it. So. Uh, I don't. I don't think that you. I know. I don't mean to make light or uh, not carry the the proper amount of significance for the situation mm-hmm. it is, but I think that we're here to kind of give you a little bit of a break from the realities of the world as they are right now. That's why we're we're sitting here and we're talking about sports, and that's you know we're trying to entertain you and get your mind off the realities of life. No question about it. Mark is in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on. ESPN and we're trying to cheer tonight. you up by conversations about Adam Gase. Yeah, how are you doing? We're doing great, we Mark. Doing, Mark. It should make you laugh or cry one or the other. Hey, man. <laughs> one way or the other. Oh, my God. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about it, just but I got to say this point. You know, today, today I was listening to the news, and and usually I listen to the news for a very, very uh, small amount of time because I can't take it, mm. plain and simple. And today I, I did that. My little modicum of news came on and they were talking about the death toll. And, and you know, I, I just broke down and started crying. I just, I just broke down and it, I had to turn it off and I just was just bawling. And then, and I, I got over that. I prayed and, you know, just went through my day. But I'm not a big on the crying thing. I mean, most guys aren't. But, I mean, I'm not particularly big on being that emotional. And and I surprised myself with that display of emotion. But then, you know, I just had to thought I'm human to and, and just let it go and, and let, let the cry happen. And, and I felt better. Um, with the hope that I you know, listen to a little sports, watch the movie, whatever, and then... 10 o'clock rolls around. Well, actually, I listened to, to Carl, Carlin and, and, and I got my little sports, you know, my little sports fix in. And then I'm like, okay, you know, the guys are going to come on at 10 o'clock and, and here we go. So you guys come on and, and I was happy. I had hope. Like, okay, I just went through this big emotional downer after watching the news today. And then, then when I got the car, my sports show, my hobby, my my escape, which which you guys are hosts for a lot of us who love sports, it, it's just fun. So it, it was a pick me up. But when you started talking about the Jets, and and then you know that that's going to get me going anyway. I couldn't. I was chomping at the bit. And and this isn't a, a knock against anybody or whatever, but it's very important to have a distraction. It's very important to think of other things other than the elephant that's in the room. 
skeletons that's bigger than the room. I got to go to this hospital and uh, every day. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that in itself is a major, major weight to deal with if I was fearful. I'm not. But I, I just trudge along and do what I have to do, as most as everybody out there is doing. But this, this little two hours that you guys are on, and, and prior to you, Gordon, I like you on your show, and and Larry, I I, I really love our you know little nighttime party club here. Mm-hmm. And and then the, and then when this is when I can't even have this release, it, it makes me just as sad as like you know, oh boy. So I don't want to be a downer. I didn't. I didn't wait till ten o'clock to be able to say, "Hey, fellas, you know Adam Gage stinks." <laughs> you know, I, right. I wanted, I, and you know why he stinks? Because he stunk before we got him, and he stinks now. So, and 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 Larry, I loved what you said about Greg Williams because I fully believe that. Why don't they just just be done with it already? Do the obvious. Kick Adam Gaze out. Let Greg do that <laughs> same motivation. That's, that's our life getting back to normal. That Calls that do and, not like Adam Gaze. And and just let Greg Williams go ahead on and just take over the thing and do the offense the same way. And and, and, and until, and I'm going to tell you, until Sam Donald stops, I am so done with hearing excuses and trying to, like, and when I was a kid, I had an erector set. I remember I was so happy when I got it. it. Had all these metal things in it, and these these blocks, and these sticks, and these these screws, and these bolts, and all of these things. And the picture on the box makes you look like you could build the World Trade Center. Excuse the analogy. You could build the Golden Gate Bridge if you wanted to. And when I opened up the box, it just looked like a whole bunch of metal. I never was able to build anything other than a square. Mm-hmm. And and then that's what it's like the Jets are doing. They're, they they just keep doing all these things. Well, we're building. Well, we got we got a sixty offensive line. We got to build and we got to build. Greg Williams didn't have to build. He knows what he's doing, and that's why the defense played like that. And then and I'm I'm sick of all that. I'm I'm sick of all that. We're going out of the process. The Sixers tried that. What to do for that? I'm just I'm just done with this. This it's like it's like. Keystone Cops. With the, <laughs> I just had enough. You're not building anything. And no, it doesn't carry over one year to the next. Everybody that watches sports knows that. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. I hear you, Look Mark. at the Baltimore Ravens. They got yeah. Lamar Jackson. And he yeah. just came in. They just they said, forget all this build stuff. What does Lamar do well? Let's let him do that. Then, then all of a sudden, the Ravens got the most unstoppable offense in the world. Just give me a break. I'm just done. I'm I hear you, Mark, uh, and th- thanks for checking in. But you know what, Gordon? Um, <laughs> before Mark went on his his Jets yeah, tear, he had a lot of pent up rage there. Oh yeah, he's he, he's really frustrated with the Jets. Um, he says something that's really that that really says a lot because he does go. He works at a hospital, Gordon. Yeah, and for him, the and uh, and a lot of our first responders and people on the front line, Gordon, they see death every day. Yep. No question. And and you're listening and that's why he's tearing up. He sees it every day. And then when he comes home and puts on the news, because you gotta see what's going on, Gordon. And then it's like, I just saw this. And and it's like as as tough as it is for us, Gordon, imagine what it's like for first responders like him and the folks in MTA and all the people that are grocery store people and all the people that are doing the things that are helping us be as close to normal as we can be. 
that emotional strain. That's why we had Estia Brown on last night, just to try to, you know, go ahead and give you a, give you a mind, a break to help you try to help you deal with this because this, this amount of death in such a short time, Gordon, we're not used to seeing this. No, no. I look. It's unprecedented times. It's it's something that we've never lived through. Um, I don't know that anybody. You know, I'm sure in the, in in history, people have lived through things like this and, and lived through worse than this. But this is a, a new normal for us right now, and we all have to kind of get through it. And I'd like to think that we're here to kind of give your mind a break. Maybe the uh, the Jets Adam Gase conversation is not the right one to go with. Maybe we should go with like a Rex Ryan and um, Geno Smith conversation. Well, oh, maybe not be, that either. Well, no, we, we can have a little comedy with that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if that's going to make anybody feel better either. <laughs> Listen, when I tell you the story about Geno, I'll do that next. <laughs> You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Now here is the top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. And it's the NFL's most intriguing question with no real answer. No matter how many times it's asked, we've asked it a lot here. Who was the engine of the Patriots' historic 20-year run? Was it Bill Belichick or was it Tom Brady? Well, Tom Brady was on with Howard Stern on Sirius XM Radio this morning. And he said before the season started, he kind of had a feeling something was about to change. I don't think there was a final, final decision, you know, until it happened. But I would say I probably knew before the start of last season that it was my last year. And I and tried you, to, you know, I, I, well, I knew that, you know, it was just our time was, you know, it's, it, you know, our time was, was coming to an end. So, Tom, what was the final decision? What did you have to go through before you said, you know what, I'm out of here? The fact that you could say, would I be successful without him, the same level of success? I don't believe I would have been. But I feel the same in, in, in vice versa as well. The, the, to have him allowed me to be the best I could be. So I'm grateful for that. And I very much believe that he feels the same about me because we've expressed that to each other. Hmm. Interesting. So... The other thing that I thought was very interesting from him was he said he had to check on himself and his marriage. There was a lot of things that made went into this decision. There was, you know, a couple of years ago we had, you know, she didn't feel like I was doing my part for the family, hmm. you know, and she felt like I would play football all, all season and she would take care of the house. And then all of a sudden when the season would end it, I'd be like, great, let me get into all my other business activities. Let me get into, you know, my football training and she's sitting there going, well, when are you going to do things for, for, the, for the house? When are you going to take the kids to school and do that? Right. And that was a big part of our marriage that I, I had to, like, check myself. Because she's like, I have goals and dreams, too. It's just not to, you know, do these things either. So you, you better start, you know, taking care of things at the house. So two years ago, it, as it related to even football for me, I had to make a big transition in my life to say, I can't do all the things that I wanted to do for football like I used to. I need, you know, I got to take care of things in my family because my family, was the situation wasn't great. She wasn't satisfied with our marriage. 
So yeah, I needed to make a change in that. That's interesting for me, Gordon, because does it mean that he'll be able to do that in Tampa because he's not going to have the rigorous all, all one for all, all for one? We got to just dive in that Bill Belichick requires, or will he be able to balance the two? And if he doesn't have the all in what Bill Belichick's required, does that mean that his his performance is going to suffer? Well, in fairness, I mean, like, he has presented himself, and based on what he has accomplished, rightfully so, as this, this all winning is, is, is everything, and he's a super competitive, uber competitive person. You know, all the stories about him, he wants to, any competition, he's always looking for a competition, and is always wanting to win a competition. So, you know, to, to me, it's all well and good to say, well, you know, my priorities have changed, and maybe they have. I mean, when you have kids, we've talked about this. All right, we'll get back to Gordon in a second and hear, hear what he's got to say. And it's true. The fact of when you have that scenario with kids and they get older and your requirements change, and now you have to, you know, get squared away, find out and become more involved and this is a scenario where, listen, it, it's good to see that, you know, his wife and, and he had that conversation and he made the adjustment. So that's a, that That's important. But it is going to be interesting to see how he fares down in Tampa Bay. Right. We'll continue our top stories of the day. Let's join uh, Drew Brees, who kind of has the sentiments of all of us. I think the American people need sports right now. You know, that's. I think the American people need sports right now. You know, that's typically something that's really brought us through a lot of tough situations throughout our country. I think people have yeah. been able to lean on their local sports teams or national teams to, um, you know, just unite them and get their mind off the challenges of daily life and daily struggle. And, you know, we don't even have that right now. And I think that's that's another reason why this is so tough. And obviously we hope that football can can be back to normal when, when you know, or this can be back to normal so that we can play real football. Reasons like a lot of us, Gordon, he wants to play. But finish your thoughts on uh, Tom Brady. Well, I was just saying, you know, like he has presented himself as this person. And and based on his resume, it's fair that he's this uber competitive person. So now he, you know, he's almost presenting it in a way that, you know, his priorities have changed. And that and look, nobody's blaming him for that. But if he still wants to present himself as this person who all he wants to do is win, it's pretty clear to me the best situation would have been for him to still go back to New England. It's all well and good to say of the weapons that he has in Tampa Bay and all this type of stuff. The the, win, the best winning situation for him would have still been back in New England. And despite what he is saying now that, you know, it's just run its course, he could have – they did still offer him a contract. Now, I think that they wanted to be done with him probably as much as he wanted to be done with them. <laughs> yeah. But he there was a contract out that he could have accepted. And if he is this uber-competitive – a competitive person who all he wants to do is is, is is pile up trophies, that would have been the better situation for him. Well, you could argue, Gordon, that Belichick wanted to get rid of him when he drafted Jimmy G some years ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, and, that's, and listen, give him credit. That's what he's known for. I'd rather get rid of you a couple of years too early than a couple of years too late. That's been his idea, and he, and he stuck with it. Yeah, the other thing that he brought up in that Stern interview that I thought was, uh, he might be the greatest quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. but his contention that the, who gets the most credit is a terrible argument. I'm sorry, he would not be the best uh, sports talk show host of all time no. because that's a fantastic, it's not a terrible argument. That's a fantastic argument, mainly because 
there's no definitive answer on either side, and we'll probably never get one. So, no, that that's that was what makes it a great argument. Now, I don't want to have the argument, you know, I don't want it to turn into uh, uh, LeBron versus Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> which we right, seem right. to go through every single year. But I think it's a fascinating a fascinating thought experiment. Who does deserve more credit? Who is more responsible for the success that they had there? Yeah, it's true. It, it, it's really true. And it's it, and just like we said in the beginning, it's an argument that really doesn't have an answer. Oh, never and, will. And even if both of them are, aren't successful this year, it still doesn't have it. Still doesn't tell you one way or the other. The Just only doesn't. person who can really win that argument is Belichick. Yeah, exactly. You know, unless Brady somehow takes the the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl, and yeah. I, I don't even know necessarily he had to win it, but if he took the Buccaneers not just to the playoffs but to a Super Bowl, yeah. then I think that most people would say, you know what, Tom Brady. But if Bill Belichick ever, we don't know how Bill. There is a clock on on Tom Brady. I mean, he is not going to play for mm-hmm. very much longer. Who knows? Right. He might only be able to play if this year gets wiped out. Maybe Tom Brady never plays. You're I mean, right. or maybe he only plays one year in Tampa Bay. Yeah. But Bill Belichick, there's no signs that he wants to hang it up anytime soon. So time is certainly on his side. So, you know, Gordon, we were chatting about this last night. It's about uh, Dana White. And Dana White wants to make sure that his events are going to happen. So what he did was he went out and he's got a private island. So we tried God to find bless him. I mean, that's a baller move that's the right way to there, go, right? man. Oh, that's, that's the way, the way to, go. to go. Absolutely. If so you we, can have a private island, you get a private island. Definitely. Because who runs the private island? You. Right. It's the best part. So we tried to find out from Dana just where exactly this private island is. So, so one of the obstacles, of course, has been figuring out where to hold the fight. Where are you holding UFC 249? So it will. It, we're going to be live from ESPN. That's where. It doesn't matter where it is because the only thing that, first of all, no fans can come. You can't come to the fight. You can't buy a ticket. Um, the only place to watch this in the United States is on ESPN, and that's the only thing that matters. I know that several news sources are putting out, you know, places where they think it is. ESPN is where it is. That's all you need to know. Understood. What you're referring to is the New York Times is reporting that UFC 249 will be held on tribal land in California. Can you react to that? ESPN. So no confirmation whatsoever where it will be. Good try, Greeny. (laughs) Can we get Geno Smith and Rex Ryan on that private island? I mean, that could be like the undercard. That would be nice. Yeah, get get those two guys to mix it up. And the winner faces Amari Cooper. There you go. (laughs) We've got it all settled. (laughs) You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer, along with Larry Hardesty, taking your phone calls. Let's go back to the phones. Buddha is in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hope everybody's all right out there. All the listeners, families, everything like that. Um, before I touch on that Joe Judge versus Adam Gase thing, um, you know, Marvin touched the cord and Mark touched the cord. Um, you know, maybe two different points of view, but both accurate and both very valid. Um, in terms of sports coming back, it is a little annoying to hear all the time about how um, this sport plans to do this, this sport plans to do that. They're going to test everybody when the average citizen out here has to um, display four distinct systems uh, uh 
what do you call them? Florida thinks sim- symptoms, you know, before they can get a test. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you can't test the public, you shouldn't be able to test, you know, these athletes. That's not right. But to what Mark said, it's true. When 10 o'clock comes, man, like, you know, I listen to all the sports shows. I mean, we all listen to all the shows here. But there's something very special about this couple of hours here, man. Like, you sit down, you know, during the day. Even I tell my wife all the time, I can get ready to call Uncle Larry. You know, uh, and now you too here, Gordon, since you've been here. But, um, you know, I look forward to hearing from Spike, you know, Marvin, Mark, Newark, Trey, Chris Manhattan, Richard Manhattan. I mean, there's something to look forward to, man. I mean, I pour my scotch, I get my head right, and I'm ready to go at 10 o'clock, you know? We hear you need those things. (laughs) Yeah, we do. You know, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> stop you make me laugh man. but um with joe judge versus adam Gase, i mean you said it all um you know joe judge he's the first time coach you know um the shortened training camp and the limited players access the belichick coaching tree hasn't been great a uh, cap in his feather is that the fans hate the gm so much that i think that he could survive one year after gettleman gets fired if he doesn't do the right thing but with adam Gase. Woo! This list is long and it's comprehensive. Um, I don't get along with most of the veteran players. Uh, the fan base is tired of me already. Um, I got used to Peyton Manning calling the plays and running the offense where the running back wasn't really a part of it that much, so I don't run the football. Um, I run three to four wide receiver sets consistently with an offensive line that was very porous, and that's being generous to say that. As a quarterback whisperer, um, I'm whispering sweet nothings into Sam Donald's ear because he's actually gotten worse since you got here. And then the fifth and the most um, uh, unovercomable challenge that he's faced with is not even about him. You work for Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Woody Johnson was not good. Um, you know, that's saying it mildly. But boy, Chris Johnson, I mean. If you want to call, um, you know, the, the Titanic, when they were playing the music, when the ship was sinking and yep. the band was still playing, uh-huh. that's Chris Johnson right there. I mean, oh, this guy's inept. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, from the statements about nothing, we're, you know, we're holding arms, we're standing together as a team, um, you know, the, the, the coach. And I was trying to give Adam Gates a chance. I said, look, you know what, maybe Miami – they were dysfunctional down there. Um, the ownership was 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 not the best. But, you know, from the press conference straight through the season, and I mean, like, we had quarterbacks who weren't even NFL legitimate quarterbacks. This guy was running four wide receiver sets, asking the guys to call out the protection. I mean, come on, man. I, I'm like, I feel like, like, um, like Mark. I mean, like, I got to the point last year well, I was so tired of them, I just turned the TV off. I didn't care if they got better in the la- I didn't watch the last <laughs> six games. I wasn't going to do that to myself. I, I, That's I, when I, things I, turned around. I, yeah, they turned around when the season meant absolutely nothing. That's the true. worst part of that season last year was when um, Sam Donald threw that, that pass to Robbie Anderson against the Cowboys, and they showed Adam Gase. I mean, like, he looked like a little boy. Woo, we finally got a win. I need a little bit more than that from my coach. I really do, man. You guys take care, man. Have a great right, night. And uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. Buddha. I appreciate it. 1-800-919-3776. I tell you, Gordon, 
Uh, what you said about, about Gates is true. This fan base has really, they've been underwhelmed by him. And I think the biggest, the biggest complaint that I've had about him, Gordon, and I don't know if he did this in Miami. You'll, you'll, you'll be able to let me know was his first 15 scripted plays. Oh my God. Gordon are great. Yeah. They, they, they march right down the field. Boom, 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 boom. You're like, Oh, this is great. After that, it's a struggle. The adjustments, he doesn't seem to adjust to what the, what the defense take away from him. You know, I don't remember his teams getting off to good starts in Miami. That might mm-hmm. be my memory of it. It might mm-hmm. not be what actually happened. I, I, but in the first year with the Jets, I felt like over and over, why aren't you scripting more of the plays? Like, yeah, why right. don't we just script the whole game? Like, <laughs> maybe not the fourth quarter, but given how the rest of the game goes, why don't we just script the whole thing? Because... It doesn't seem like there's any adjustments on the fly. There's certainly no adjustments at the half. That yeah. was not a real strength in, in year one either. So, and look, I understand what all the callers are saying about, like, we have to wait until sports isn't really the yeah. main concern right now. Mm-hmm. But you do have to wonder, like, when you're trying to make a change in your life, right, you're making your New Year's resolution, they say that if you are able to make a change in your life and keep it for one year, you'll keep it for the rest of your life. So if you're ever trying to make a change in your life, that's the that should be the goal. Let me try and do this for one year. If there's a year that goes by without, say, baseball, there might be fans that just never come back. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that has to be something that majorly – I know it's not the first concern for you or I – but mm-hmm. it does kind of have to be their first concern. Yeah. I mean, they're in the baseball business, they're in the sports business, but at the end of the day, they're all in the money business. Yeah. So that's a, a I, I can understand why it's not the top thing on our minds or on fans' minds, but it does kind of have to be on the fan, uh, on the minds of, of the people running that sport. Because if you go a whole year without baseball and you hear the promo about Michael, even Michael's kind of saying now he's not that optimistic that baseball is going to be played this year. I mean, I don't know what impact that will have, but it's not going to be a good impact. And, and here's the bottom line, Gordon. It's a business. And Absolutely. For every business, you have to plan. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful in your business. And so it just happens that because there is no sports and these folks are planning, they're going through different ideas. Okay, let's try this. Let's try that. We just heard the promo during the last break about uh, Golik was saying, hey, you know, that's the great part. They're starting to plan. They're starting to talk about things, and that's really what's happening. It's just that little bits are leaking out, <laughs> yeah. you know? So that's why we're even privy to the fact that they're even talking about these things and how it could possibly happen. Uh, but for businesses, they have to plan. They have to say, okay, this is going to, to end one day. What are we going to do? Just like the press conference, the, the White House briefing today. Now, you saw the CDC come out and talk about, well, well now as this looks like, it's, you know, peaking in some places and we, it's leveling out and maybe it's going to, when it goes downward, they're already adjusting what the, you know, needed, uh, personnel are going to be, what their situation is going to be like when they go back to work. So once again, it's planning. That's what businesses do. And it's, it's not that they're trying to be insensitive or we're trying to be insensitive. It's just that they're taking us along with them as they plan. For a time when hopefully things will get back to the way they were, and and, and it's conversations, right? It's discussions. Yes. It's 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 thoughts. 
And really, what else is there to do right now? I mean, it's not like if they had come out and said, we are starting on this date, it doesn't matter what happened, then you could say, okay, this is insensitive, this is not reading the room properly, but it's just floating ideas out there and, and you know, the ideas kind of filtering back to us as fans and as media. It's not as if they're saying and putting some hard plan in place that is not taking a re- real read of the situation as it is. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.